Advent is now upon us. Advent, that term's a version of a Latin word meaning coming. It's a season of expectant waiting, preparation. Of course, kids know all about waiting this time of year. In this season, expectantly waiting for gifts and cookies. And adults, we do prepare. We know our hurry and bustle this time of year isn't necessarily what Jesus had in mind for his birthday. We try each year not to get caught up in the mess of it all, but we often do. Hey, let's explore some of the spiritual implications of Advent, of waiting. As much of our lives are centered around waiting. My guest today is one of our ministry team and board member, Rochelle Parham. She gives us the most helpful phrase, the liturgy of waiting. My name is Nathan Foster, and welcome to the Renovare Weekly Podcast. I mean, Advent is about waiting, but what do we do with that now? How do you connect the waiting that those back in the day of Jesus experienced to the waiting we have now in celebrating Advent? When I think of most of the waiting that we do now, I think that waiting is just something we we don't like. Mm -hmm. You know, we we um, we always choose the express line at the grocery store, right? (laughs) And and we I don't we, if she if she or he looks cranky. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> but you know, I mean we'll pay for express shipping, right? Right. Oh right. yeah, we'll be happy to pay for express shipping because we don't want to wait. Mm-hmm. And when we drive, um, which is usually on an express way, <laughs> but we'll change lanes like crazy mm-hmm. to waiting behind a pokey driver. Waiting is something that we just want to avoid. Maybe not at all costs, but at at some cost, we try to avoid waiting. Mm -hmm. I think that one of the main reasons we dislike waiting is because the very act of waiting involves lack of control. Mm -hmm. When, When we're waiting... We we can't control the outcome. Yeah. We, we don't know how long the wait is going to last mm-hmm. and the things are going to work out according to our particular desires. So waiting is something we chafe mm-hmm. against. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think then about um, the waiting that the Israelites did, the waiting for the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And it, it's easy on this side of the incarnation to feel so removed from that, right? Like, right. But I think that these times that we're living in right now, these these really difficult times in this world, mm-hmm. maybe make it a little bit easier for us to link our hearts to theirs because you know, the things are not good mm-hmm. in the world. We're, we're, we're here, and every day there is a new headline mm-hmm. about the, the terrible mess 
this world is in. I mean, we we have to look for beauty, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. I think more than ever before, Christians are saying, oh, come Lord Jesus, please, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So it's easy to... It's easy kind of to, to think of, of waiting for rescue. Mm-hmm. But the, the idea of faithful waiting is what I want to explore this mm-hmm. what does What does faithful waiting look like? What, what, what does waiting with God mm-hmm. look like? Not just waiting on God, but waiting with with God. God. With God. That's good. Not just waiting on God. Waiting with God. Being in that space where we do not have control or feel like we do not have control. Right. With God. Right. And I'll tell you, I've been in some very particular experiences where I not only didn't feel like I had control, but I didn't have control. Right. <laughs> and, um, the ones that, the waiting experiences that really come to mind are um, my times in hospital waiting rooms, mm-hmm. in the surgical waiting rooms, when um, my my closest loved ones were in long surgeries. Mm-hmm. And I've done this a good bit um, because just in and I'm not talking about extended family, but my little nuclear family, mm-hmm, husband mm-hmm. and three children. So yeah. within the five of us, I've spent a lot of time in surgical waiting rooms. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, and, and long times, so we're talking about surgeries that took like eight hours mm-hmm. or more. Do and you, go ahead. Well, I, I wonder, do you mind telling the story? Oh no, I don't mind at all. Um, I just—I think it's—I mean, it, it ties in here, but it's just a good human story, right? You know, I mean, it's yeah. A good. Yeah. So, um, we, my husband and two of my children have a, a genetic condition um, called Marfan syndrome, and it is um, one of those things, right? That the um, they are. They're wonderful. They're thriving. For the most part, they're very healthy. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a disorder of the connective tissue, which means that um, any part of the body that's held together with connective tissue can can develop problems. And hmm. um, it's funny because the, the long surgeries in our family history have been open heart surgeries, but it's not because they have heart disease, right? They don't have mm-hmm. clogged arteries. They don't, n- none of that. It's, it's more like the, um, the various pieces of the heart don't work right because the, of the connective tissue disorder. Okay. So our first open heart surgery was um, for my son who was 14 at the time. He wow. was, he definitely didn't have like coronary artery disease. His heart just wasn't working right. There was a problem with the plumbing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's just hard, right? I mean, it, it, it's really hard, but we, we, we tried to prepare as, as best we could um, 
to prepare him and to prepare us for this heart surgery. And we knew that it was necessary and we knew that he was going to be so much healthier mm-hmm. when, it was, when it was done. His heart wasn't working right. And so, you know, they don't just decide to do open heart surgery on 14-year-olds. Right. That's wrong. Um, so his heart wasn't working right. And um, I'll, I'll never forget the day of his surgery because um, I, I felt like I had it all together. You know, you you have all these instructions that you follow to the letter and you go to the hospital and you're 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 back there with the patient as they're prepping him and mm-hmm. in it they rolled him out of the room. It was like, uh what about me, right? I'm like, surely I'm supposed to go into the operating room right. <laughs> and be able to call the shots. But of course not, right? So it's like mom and dad go to the waiting room. And um I I did okay. I was doing okay, I think, until, Nathan, the phone rang in the Mm -hmm. waiting area. Okay. At at Duke Hospital, at least, um, the the staff in the operating room, someone will call to the waiting room to a family member and update you of how things are going. Yeah. And I got, we got the first call, and the first call was that um, they had successfully put him under anesthesia, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So the first call was okay. Then we got a call to say that they had put him on the heart-lung bypass machine and had made the incision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, with open-heart surgery, that's a big incision, right? <laughs> they cut you all, all the right. way down chest and and saw through your sternum, right? So they made the incision and put him on the heart-lung machine. And when we got that call, I fell apart. Mm. Like, I went to pieces um, because it was not just that I did not have control. It was, dear God, my son's heart is not beating, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Fell to pieces. Mm. But here's the first thing I learned about waiting. In that moment, when I fell to pieces, several of my closest friends had gathered there with us. Mm-hmm. They had come to wait with us, mm. and they had brought food and drinks, and we're sitting in a circle, just being there with us. And when I fell apart, (laughs) one of them grabbed my hand and said, let's just pray right now. And I couldn't pray. I I couldn't have said my name, much less talk to God. They did it for me. Waiting takes courage. Waiting also takes community. Mm. Because individual courage will lag. Individual faith will grow dim. And so you need companions 
who will lend you some of their faith mm. in those moments. Mm-hmm. So that's what my friends did for me. This has been <laughs> almost 10 years ago, and I still get teary. That Just the thought of their picking me up mm-hmm. and picking my son up and putting us there in the hands of God, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We like to think that we can carry ourselves. I think waiting, when we are not in control, waiting helps us remember that we can't carry ourselves, mm-hmm. that we need God to carry us, and that we need to hold one another. Yeah, yeah. That's the first thing I, I learned mm-hmm. about waiting in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe just to inquire, your friends, did they have brilliant words to say? No. <laughs> simple words to say. I didn't need brilliant words. Yeah. I need someone to hold my hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I needed someone to to remind me which way was up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what happened next in the waiting room that was surprising because I, I didn't know that this was the way that it went, right, I, mm-hmm. uh, on that first surgery. Not only did we get that call to say that, you know, it, the anesthesia had taken, and then we got the second call to say that they had opened him up. Throughout the day, we got calls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's a wonderful practice, What it means is that there has to be someone in the operating room, a member of staff who's actually in that sterile operating room, whose whose job it is to make those calls, Mm -hmm. to keep you informed, right? And when you're in the waiting room, those calls mean so much because it is a recalling of the steps. And I've come to think of it as kind of a liturgy of the waiting room. Mm. It's, a, it's a reminder of the good mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. already taken place so that you have faith to go on and face the next thing. And, and it reminds me of all through the Old Testament, the call to the Israelites. When God would speak to his people, he would say, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You know, it was mm-hmm. always that sort of remember who I am, mm-hmm. remember who I am, remember who I am. And Remember what I've done, mm, 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 and I haven't changed. I'll do it again. And I, as I think back on those experiences in the waiting room, I realize that that's kind of what those calls do. Mm, 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 Remember, we, we were taking care mm, of your loved one. Remember, things have gone okay up to this point. Remember, when we ran into a problem we didn't stop. Remember that we're going to keep going at this until mm-hmm. the end. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like a, because 
waiting requires faith, Nathan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, waiting the Israelites did for the Messiah, that took faith. They went through dark times. Mm-hmm. And I, I love to go back and think through the history of Israel because it was not all singing and dancing. Right. It was, it was dark moments, right? It, mm-hmm. it, was, it was dark. It was hard. It was over and over the things they went through. It was, it was bondage. It was exile. It was destruction. It, it was, mm-hmm. There was so much darkness. And yet they would remind themselves and God would remind them mm-hmm. that he had brought them out of the land of Egypt out of the house of bondage, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he hadn't changed. Mm -hmm. And they would, he was with them, and their faith was well-placed. And I think that, for me, as living on this side of the incarnation, I think, you know, waiting is something that requires faith, but our faith is well placed. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. We we know. Mm-hmm. We know whom we have believed. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. We don't wait in vain. Mm-hmm. We don't wait easily, mm-hmm. but we don't wait in vain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Our faith is in something that is secure. And so we need to remind one another that there really is evidence of what we hope for. Mm-hmm. I think we do ourselves a disservice when we don't remind one another mm-hmm. of God's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. We, we, we could wait so much better, or at least I can wait so much better <laughs> with that liturgy, mm-hmm. with the doctor calling to say, it's going okay. Yeah. We're making it. Yeah. We're making it step by step. Mm-hmm. We're making it. Mm-hmm. And to tell you the truth, not every step was easy. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, back back to the hospital waiting room, in two of those open heart surgeries, one, one with my son and then one um, 10 months later with my husband, mm-hmm. they, both of them hit big, big snags. Mm-hmm. Both of those instances, the doctors really thought they would be able to repair a heart valve. Okay. It's a complicated process. They go in and um, a really skilled surgeon will, will like stitch up the valve to try to make it work. But then the only way to see if it works is to <laughs> take the patient off the heart-lung bypass machine, restart their hearts, no. and it works correctly, right? Yeah. They they really tried to do that. And if it doesn't work correctly, then it's put the patient back on the heart-lung bypass machine and right. go back in. You right. can't work on the heart while it's beating. So you have to stop it to work on it. You have to stop mm-hmm. the blood from flowing to work on it. Um, but in both of those cases, really, like the best surgeons in the world tried to repair those valves Mm -hmm. with both of them the repair didn't work Mm. and so instead of being a surgery that was maybe four 
to six hours, the surgery was much, much longer because they basically had to start over and this time replace the valve with the mechanical one instead of repairing the one that's already there. So step by step, the waiting often will involve steps that are like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? Yeah, That wasn't what I expected. Mm-hmm. That wasn't what I had hoped for. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that all is lost, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I that that for me is a little picture of what happens in all of life. Mm-hmm. You come to steps that are deuces, mm-hmm. and sometimes you you might tumble down half a flight of stairs. You know, <laughs> I mean, um, and again, no control, right? <laughs> but our faith is still not in vain, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Even when we come to those big bumps. In the road, mm-hmm. I really like this this picture, this idea of the the liturgy of waiting, mm-hmm. and in a sense, the voice on the phone in the waiting room was the mm-hmm. voice of truth, telling you what's happening. Here's the truth right. of the situation. Okay. Yeah, but then if we take it beyond the the medical waiting room, these words of truth that we're placing our faith in a good place, but these they're these words we can hold on to in our waiting as a liturgy. What are some of those? The first one that comes to mind is from um, the Book of Lamentations, mm-hmm. um, which is not a cheery book, right? <laughs> <laughs> the Lamentations of... Not, not only are they lamentations, not only are they laments, but they're the, the, the lamentations of Jeremiah, who wasn't a particularly cheerful guy, right? So we have the <laughs> weeping prophet, and this is the book of his lamentations. And in chapter three of that book, if you read through chapter three, it's kind of a recounting of all the bad stuff that mm. had happened to Israel. And... Um, the, the words in the Old King James Version were the wormwood and the gall, right? It's the <laughs> recounting of all the, the horrible things that had happened. And they're bad. But then is that, that beautiful passage that we often quote, um, this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Hmm. The steadfast love of the Lord hmm. never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, without the wormwood and the gall, those are just nice words mm-hmm. that you might see on a poster or a bumper sticker. Mm-hmm. But set against the backdrop of the wormwood and the gall, those words have power. Mm-hmm. That's the first word mm-hmm. um, for me is that um, there there's real power. Mm-hmm. One of the words actually in that passage maybe is the most important for me, and that's hope, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's one of the words we celebrate during the season of Advent. But I really think that. Waiting, 
I know, I don't think, I know that waiting takes courage. Mm -hmm. But the fuel for courage is hope. Hope, yeah. Waiting with no hope leads to despair. Mm -hmm. Waiting with hope can train us. Mm -hmm. The season of Advent is important for us as a, as a discipline, just as a training discipline, because mm -hmm. since we tend to avoid waiting if we possibly can, this immersing ourselves in waiting, um, but always with hope, mm -hmm. instead mm -hmm. of making us curmudgeonly and irritable, <laughs> can just remind us of God's faithfulness. Mm -hmm. We wait the same way that we grieve, right? We grieve with hope. Mm -hmm. We wait with hope. Mm -hmm. Hope is the fuel that we run on. Mm -hmm. And our hope is not in vain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because we know that our hope comes from God. So we still, you know, once again, we go through the liturgy of recounting God's faithfulness, mm -hmm. and that renews our hope. Yeah. You know? And we have story after story in our own lives, our loved ones' lives, right. and in the people of God. Uh, you're presenting an idea that I find very helpful, that waiting is not a passive act. Good waiting is not a passive mm -hmm. act. Mm -hmm. Right? There is such a thing as bad waiting, and I've done some of that. <laughs> <laughs> and you can, you can try to wait passively, and people do it in various ways. They, they, try, they entertain themselves away from it, mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. or they medicate themselves away from it with, you know, alcohol or whatever, mm -hmm. or... They just want to sleep through it, mm -hmm. wake me up when it's over. People do things to numb themselves. Mm -hmm. But good waiting is not passive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good waiting is done with continual, hopeful anticipation that really does require community, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the courage... Faith, hope, and and then bringing others into the waiting with us, mm -hmm. giving them a chance to pray when we can't pray. Right, and and giving them a chance is funny because um, a few of my friends have gotten a lot of chances, <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's one in particular. There's one friend in particular who is an amazing person. She actually has a PhD in nursing, mm. right? Good friend so, to have when you have medical issues. Exactly. <laughs> but she also has, she has an honorary doctorate <laughs> in mm. waiting with people. <laughs> when our son was in surgery, the surgery took a long, long time, and she waited with us until the end of it, mm. and then actually waited with us and went back into the recovery room mm -hmm. with us and told us what to expect. And um, 
And then when, when Jack had open heart surgery, his mm-hmm. first one didn't start until later in the day. Your, your husband, Jack. My husband, I'm sorry, yeah. And it didn't start till later in the day. And then it, as I said before, it took a, there was a bump in the road. It lasted a long time. In fact, the surgeon came out to tell me that it was over. You know how they do just like on TV when the doctor actually (laughs) wearing the scrubs. That didn't happen until just after midnight. Oh, wow. It was a long day of waiting. And when he came out to tell me the waiting room was empty. (laughs) Every other person had gone home Mm -hmm. except this one friend. Mm -hmm. And she stayed with me till the end. Mm -hmm. That's true friendship. And Mm -hmm. that's that's important. That's a sister in Christ Mm -hmm. who knew that I needed her. Mm -hmm. And she was faithful. God had gifted her in this very particular way. And then she blessed me with the gift that she was given. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we can do for one another, Nate, because all of us are waiting for something. It's rarely as dramatic mm-hmm. as being in a hospital waiting room. But people are waiting. People in our lives, people are waiting to be healed. People are waiting for to be reconciled. Prisoners are waiting to be set free, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people are waiting to return to their homeland. People, people are waiting for hard things. Women who long for children are waiting to have a baby or to be able to adopt a baby. People are are waiting all the time. They're waiting for news. They're waiting for healing. They're waiting for reconciliation. But God has gifted not just my friend with a PhD in nursing. He's gifted me with something to give. Mm-hmm. He's gifted you. He's gifted all of us with something to offer those who are waiting. Mm-hmm. And if we're all willing to give what we've been given, then we wait together and all of our faith grows. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about, this is a very abrupt transition, so bear with me. It, mm-hmm. It's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> bungee jumping. Okay. Uh, right. when, when I was younger, I bungee jumped a couple of times. Oh boy! And that's fake. <laughs> well, it's just stupid. But um, the worst part to me was not when you fall. It was after you fall and you go back up. You're suspended midair for just a moment, and then you fall back down again. Does that make sense? Oh right. So it's like yeah. you've gone down, you go right. back up, and then there's this moment where you're just kind of free floating. <gasps> Boom, and then you go back down again. It's that kind of liminal nothingness space, suspended wow. midair. You know what's you know what just came, and you know what's coming next. It's that um, waiting moment. And I almost think of our earthly experience is that we know what's coming next, right? But here right. we are, just floating for a. Split second in the 
big scope of eternity. Ah, <laughs> right there. Yeah. Remember how Dallas Willard used to say that, that we needed to look at things through our 10,000-year um, glasses, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, man, we need each other to maintain perspective, mm-hmm. especially in hard times, because when you're in the middle of something really tough, it can seem like it's taking forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It can feel like that's all there is. Mm-hmm. So, but that's that's a great, I'm going to hang on to that mental picture, that this is, this this waiting that we're doing is actually just a little while. Just a little bit. This is very helpful. The idea of bringing others into that, honoring people by letting them into these spaces right. we're in, and, right. then, and then stepping out of ourselves to uh, be with others in their in their waiting. But the liturgy of waiting, these words, mm-hmm. there's so many of them for us uh, mm-hmm. to kind of hang on to, mm-hmm. and and this is this is actually really helpful as we enter into Advent to uh, look for those words, these mm-hmm. things that we just, just wrap ourselves in, uh, mm-hmm. verse, a line. Um, mm-hmm. We all have them, don't we? Right. We've just talked about a few of them. We've talked about perspective and brevity, right? But this is just a, a little while. And hope mm-hmm. and faith. That's what leads to peace, right? Mm-hmm. We um, we all want peace, and Jesus brings us promises His peace, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not like He just unscrews the top of our heads and dumps it in, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, we wait with Him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and He He gives us peace that we. That we can't figure out, mm-hmm. but we 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 get it in the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We get it as we needed, and we we get it together. Mm-hmm. That's good. Can I share one of my words of liturgy? Please. Or, or I'm sorry. Can I share one of my liturgy of waiting? Mm-hmm. And this is in. Uh, 1 Peter 4, 7, the message translation. Everything in the world is about to be wrapped up, so take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Mm-hmm. Urshel, this is uh, very helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there you have it. If you'd like to hear more from Rochella, she has an active blog at imparting.grace.com. That's imparting.grace.com. Oh, and she's just been given a contract for a book she's been working on. I've read the first few chapters. It's really helpful. I'll be sure to bring her back once it's published. And speaking of books, if you'd like to give someone the Renovari Book Club, you can now do so. We have three books left for this season. And in the book club, you receive a schedule, study guides, exclusive podcasts, essays, online discussion, weekly email reminders, and in select locations, volunteer-led in-person discussion groups. As always, 
Thanks for listening and have a great week.